I had to admire the way Dot had spun the steel web. Dot gazed at us. His body had the floppy looseness of a card hustler who had dealt himself a mortal cinch. I started to take a cold steam bath inside my overcoat when Blue said, Mr. Murray, your eyes told your brain a lie. It's true you saw me with Frascati, but I didn't get a nickel for myself. Too bad he isn't alive to support the truth. You must understand, Mr. Murray, that I was just a good Samaritan when you saw us together. This whole unfortunate affair revolves around a certain white gentleman of now stainless reputation, who was a former inside man on the Big Con. He's been a true friend through the years. His name would flabbergast you if I were not pledged to secrecy. I am sure even Nino would be impressed to hear his name. As a matter of fact, so powerful is he that on occasion he has influenced police department policy. In a manner of speaking, it could be said that you, Mr. Murray, under certain circumstances, might be affected by this influence, for better or for worse. This gentleman has been doing soft goods business with Mr. Frascati and a score of others here in the city. Like you, Mr. Murray, I have not been free of sinful interest in a fast buck. Blue paused and looked over the booth top toward the waitress. He waved. She came and waited for the order. Blue ordered cognac. Dot, Cuddy Sark triple shot straight. Cuddy Sark had been my favorite drink long ago. Now I didn't dare touch a single drop of alcohol. I ordered seven up. The glamour dust in her hair reminded me of how blocks of silicon jeweled the granite markers in a cemetery on a sunny day. She brought the drinks. Blue lit a cigar and slowly sipped his cognac. He looked at Dot and winked at me. Dot's eyes were locked shut. He poked out his angry bottom lip between gulps of the straight scotch. He was crawling his fingers over his glass like vipers at the rim of a pit. I wondered if, under the strain of everything, Blue was off his rocker. Didn't he realize Dot plus the scotch could be almost as dangerous as Nino? I didn't know Blue's full angle yet, but at this point I was ready to tear my pocket off in haste to pay off. Blue continued, Now, Mr. Murray, to make a short story shorter, first I must make you understand that I too was a victim of the white gentleman's disregard of principle. It was inhuman of him not to mention that Nino was Frascati's nephew. I didn't know that Mr. Frascati existed until I received a call from my white friend. He had discovered a distressing number of subpar garments among a delivery made to him by an agent of Mr. Frascati the day before. Unfortunately, he had been generous and advanced Mr. Frascati a sizable sum of money a week ago. The gentleman explained to me that whether Frascati had willfully cheated him or not was not really important. He had to give the old man a lesson. He wanted the old man to use careful respect in future dealings with him. He told me he really liked the old man. But he couldn't let even the small-timers cheat him with impunity. It made sense to me. You're a robbery detective, and you read the papers.
They said a cat burglar made a hundred and fifty G score from the room of a jewelry salesman in a downtown hotel several days ago. The gentleman located a Southside whiskey hijacker who had done business with the old man. The hijacker must have electrified the old man with the story that the hotel score had been made by an amateur. The amateur was a maid at the hotel with sticky mitts. She had taken it on impulse. Now she wanted to get rid of it fast. She would take 15 G's. The hijacker was her agent. Right away the old man called my gentleman for advice. I was there when the call came through. The gentleman said it was a great deal if the merchandise was really the loop loot. But a body had to be...